Okay, we have draft day coming up. Draft day is tomorrow. Draft day is tomorrow. Cannot wait. If you are a draft junkie, this podcast is for you. We're gonna be we're gonna be discussing the draft. We got the NBA, um, NBA, you know, Draymond and Kevin Durant foolishness, the drama. I have it. Um, I got some numbers on the Michael Jordan doc. I I I, I, um, I knew it was gonna do good, but it did amazing. Uh, did better than some of these NBA games. We're gonna get into that, but. A lot on the draft today. Like I said, I have players that's that's not getting talked about a lot. Maybe they are. You know, in some in some cases they are. Some platforms they are. Some mock drafts they're showing them a lot of love. But I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up some players today that I think that that I like. Me personally, that I like. I have players. I'm gonna talk about players today that me personally that I like that have not been talked about as much. Um, so I have that. Uh, if you're a draft junkie, if you are all in for the draft, if you want, if you, if you, if your, if your team has, if you think your team's gonna do good in the draft, stay here. I have you. I have you, and I think we're gonna be just fine. Uh, this virtual NFL, this NFL, this virtual draft day that the NFL has set up, they have done a a, a test run of it. I think this is gonna be good. The WNBA did a virtual uh, draft. And the XFL did a virtual draft. So I think it's going to be just fine. But after the quick break, uh, we'll get into all those things. doing fine out there before we even get into any draft talk, any sports talk. Everybody, I hope everybody's doing fine health-wise. I hope everybody's doing fine, feeling good, feeling well. Okay. So the draft. The draft is coming up. It's a big day tomorrow. It is a big day tomorrow in the NFL for these GMs, for these teams, uh, for fans of these teams. People are going to be happy. People, you know, the players are going to be happy. Their fans are going to be happy. It's going to be life-changing. They're not gonna have the. They're not gonna have the face-to-face interaction with Commissioner Goodell, but it's still gonna be virtual. It's still gonna. It's still, I, I can imagine that it's still, it's still gonna be a great feeling. So, as promised, like I did for my previous podcast, I said, "Hey, I'm gonna give you guys players. I'm gonna give you players that I like. Players that I like. Me personally, some of these players are not talked about a lot." You don't see them on. You don't see them on a lot of top ten mock drafts. You don't see them on. You know a lot of top, you know mock drafts top ten. Uh, but these are going to be. These are most of these players going to be really good. Most of these players going to be first rounders. Um, in any other draft, this draft is really deep, especially at the receiver position, uh, tackle position. Any other draft, these re- these players that I'm about to name, if they're not first rounders, these play, or if they're not. Early first rounders, any other draft, most of these players would be top ten picks. But it's such a deep draft, 
teams, the need of quarterback is also um, uh, it's also a glaring fact there too. So let's get into it. Let's 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 just let's just jump right into it. So first, uh, I know this kid has been getting a lot of talk. Of, you know, a lot of talk these last few weeks. But I've been paying attention to him at USC. Michael Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman Jr. Wide receiver out of USC. Uh, he's a receiver, but you can probably mistake him for a tight end because he's that big. He has a great physical presence about himself. Uh, uh, reminds me a lot of uh, Brandon Marshall for his size. Like he reminds me a lot of Brandon Marshall. He can make those tough and big time catches. Uh, like I said, big physical guy. Stands about six four, six six four, six five, two two twenty. But he he can he he runs a four five for you as a four five four six. So he's not he's not. I mean, of course he's not the fastest. He's not he's not Tyreek Hill. Um, excuse me, he's not Tyreek Hill quick. But he is uh he's quick. He's above average. You know, he has an above average speed for his size. So and I like his hands. His hands has gotten better. Route 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 running has gotten better and precise. This kid is getting a lot of talk out of USC. Uh, I think he 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 reminds me. I think a comp, a good comp for him would be Brandon Marshall. Reminds me a lot of Brandon Marshall, Michael Pittman out of USC. He's a really good receiver. Uh, USC USC has some USC has some good players coming out this year in this year's draft. But um, this 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 is not the only USC guy that I'm going to talk about. But uh, they, but the program is going downward itself. I think with better coaching, he'd be fine. And going to the right system, he'd be fine. Uh, the, the second guy on my list, Austin Jackson, offensive tackle out of USC. Once again, love the. I love some of these players that's coming out of USC. Uh, the the program itself is not heading in a great direction. It's it's going in a like an absolute bad direction. But I like this kid. This this Austin, Austin Jackson is a he, he any like I said in any other draft, this kid will probably be a top ten draft pick. He'll probably be a he, he he would he would probably be a top ten draft pick. He has top ten talent. Now they were now some people you know some scouts worry about the uh you know his measure his measurables, uh his hands, his use his uses of his hands, scouts. Scouts have said, "Hey, you know his hands tend to be a bit slow, but I like him. He's but he's probably gonna be he's probably gonna be like a late first rounder. Uh, so a team like the Dolphins, they can use that twenty six pick to build up that offense line because this is a top ten talent. But uh, with it with with it being such a such an offensive tackle rich draft, um, he's gonna fall a little bit. He's he's gonna fall a little bit. Uh, but I, I I like this kid. I like his lateral quickness, his quickness off the his quickness off the ball. Like, I, but it's 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 the same thing I, off the snap. It's the same thing I said though with 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 Michael Pittman, USC, bad coaching. Uh, the program is not doing well itself. So I think that hinders the kid a little bit, and that's what that's and that's all I've been saying about Herbert and and, and Jordan Love. Not to not to as bad as not as bad as USC, um, Oregon isn't at least, but uh, Utah State or and USC better coaching. You know, the, the, you know these mediocre to below average coaches hinder the kids. They they stunt the kids' growth. They stunt the kids' development. 
So I think with a little better coaching, especially with Austin Jackson, uh, because like like I said, the usage of the hands and you know him not being the quickest and not being the most productive with his hands, that can come with coaching. That can come with coaching. You go to a a, a good defensive mind coach. I mean, a good offensive mind coach or an offensive line, a good offensive line coach. Think you'll be fine. I think he'd be fine. Uh, the next guy. A.J. Terrell, DB out of Clemson. I like this kid for the last two years. He made the big-time pick six against Tua Tungvaloa last year in the national title game where Clemson won. Uh, this year, he played. He, he was really good. Uh, I, think he's, I think I love this kid's measurables. Great size at 6'1", long, lanky arms. Uh, he's, definitely, he, he's definitely a first-rounder. But uh, and, and like I said, first round talent. He's definitely a first round talent. But with it being uh, such a tackle rich draft, a receiver rich draft, uh, and team in the need of quarterback, he probably would drop. He probably would drop, and he probably won't be. He, he probably won't be a top ten pick. Probably won't be a. He, I know he, he he won't be a top ten pick, and he probably won't be a top fifteen pick. He probably slides late first round. Definitely early second round. This kid has it. Uh, great size. He's good in press coverage. Long, active, and for him to be uh, a little a big cornerback, he he has he has he has good quickness for his size. So I, I like the measurables on AJ Terrell. He goes to the right system. Uh, he played under a great Clemson defense. So I like where he's coming from. Well coached, uh, measurables, skill set. I just think he's gonna drop a little bit because this talent, this deep, this talent on this, this talent in the draft, so deep. This is why it's so fascinating. Uh, the next one, now this, now this, this next player that I'm about to mention has been getting talked about a lot. Uh, but Tristan Wharfs out of out of Iowa, Tristan Wharf out of Iowa. He's a he's a he's a freak show. The, the kid, the kid, the kid is a freak show. He is um he's a freak of nature. He, he he's quick. Just go look at it. Go look at his. Go look at his pro day. Or go look at his draft combine tape. Ran a four. Ran a four eight. Uh, ten foot. Ten foot jump and reach. This kid has. This kid, this kid has. He's a freak show. Uh, strong. Uh, apparently strong upper body. We all know about his. If you don't know, he's a he's a massive weightlifter. Uh. And lateral quickness, pretty good. Great hands. Uh, I would say a player comp for him, a player comp for Tristan Wharfs out of Iowa would be uh, somebody like a Brian Beluga. I, I, I think the kid has it. Um, I'm going to name another offensive tackle that I think may be a little bit better, maybe a little bit more pro-ready. Maybe uh, he's probably the safer. He, uh, this, this next kid I'm about to name is probably the safer pick at offensive tackle. So, one of those teams in the top 10 that need an offensive tackle, I would say Andrew Thomas out of Georgia, as far as, as, far as offensive tackles and getting the most, the, like the, the safest pick, it's Andrew Thomas. He played, in, he, played in the, he played in the SEC, so he played against elite pass rushers, week in and week out basis. He's, he's, he's really a neutralizer. He's really a neutralizer, uh, great measurables. So I think Andrew Thomas out of Georgia 
would I think I think he, he he's probably uh, I don't he's not in a lot of mock drafts top ten, but he is definitely I would say far as offensive tackle and offensive lineman standpoint, he is definitely probably the safest pick. So if uh, if one of those teams that need an offensive tackle in the in in the first ten picks, I would say Andrew Thomas is definitely the safest pick. Definitely the safest safest pick. The next guy, Antoine Winfield Jr. His dad played senior, played in the NFL. He's a safety, ball hawking safety, great body. Uh, now he he's not as big, but he has a he has he has a good stature to himself. Now scouts do wonder his availability. He didn't play much sophomore in uh he didn't play much sophomore freshman year. So scouts do worry about his availability. Um, him being, you know, worrying about the fact that him possibly being healthy, uh, can he manage to a 16-game regular season, 17-game regular season? Uh, but this kid has great instincts, uh, and he's just a playmaker. He's a playmaker. Uh, now, like I said, talent, but scouts worry about the availability factor, uh, and that's been a big factor. We all know that's been a big factor with Tua. So, uh, you know, he's probably he's probably going to be an early second rounder. Antoine Winfield Jr. is probably going to be an early second rounder, but definitely a great player that um, you, you would love to have on your team. Um, and then lastly, Patrick Queen, LSU, linebacker out of LSU. Um, he was he was really he, he really flourished and was a really big part of that LSU defense. Uh, the last three games against Georgia, Oklahoma, and Clemson, he was he really showed some great flashes, great potential in those in the in the in the, in the most critical in the most critical part of their season, the LSU season, where he played against a lot of pro talent, Georgia, Oklahoma, Clemson. He played against a lot of elite and pro talent. So gotta give him credit there. Uh, he's he's a real he's a, he's one of those athletic linebackers. He can definitely be a three down guy. You're probably looking at a late first rounder. I would say my player comp for Patrick Queen would probably be Thomas Davis, but you're looking at a you look you're looking at a legit first rounder. He's definitely he's he's snuck these you know this past two weeks he's really snuck up some people's draft boards and mock drafts. So I would not be surprised if he's taken within the top twenty picks. Um, yeah, I, I, he he's really snuck up. Um, some people's mock draft. He's he's snuck up. He's snuck up people's mock draft. So I didn't gave you the players that I like. That I think that um that I gave you players that I like personally. I I try. I mean, I try not to pick a lot of players that were often talked about, like Tua and Burrow. We've been talking about Tua and Joe Burrow uh for for the last two months now. We've been we've been talking about these guys. So um. I try not to, you know, give you guys that's probably going to go in the top 10. Try to give you guys that's going to go late first round, mid first round, maybe set early second round. I try to give you some guys like that. Now, also saw the news with Tua, health concerns, um, and him sliding down many mock drafts. I see, I see him sliding down. Many mock drafts, and uh, some mock drafts even have him falling outside of the top 10. Uh, now, 
they had a lot of mock drafts had him going, you know, before these injuries, you know, before the the, the red flag. Uh, a lot, some most of these mock drafts had Tua going to Miami at five. Um, I still I still think he goes, but um, at five he can. Pop, I I wouldn't surprise me if he still went at five. But uh, I, I've seen multiple reports throughout the last few days, actually, that uh, Miami is looking, uh, is looking to be aggressive. So, and the latest report I got um, or that I saw is that Miami wants to move up. They want to move. They want the third spot from Detroit, but they want to keep their five spot. So I, I guess they're gonna try to find their way to work around it to try to get a deal where they can get the three, the third pick, and the fifth pick. So um, they they want that they want they want that third pick, and that's and they wanted they wanted trade for that pick without giving up the fifth pick. So we'll see how that works out. But the Dolphins really have a chance to win the draft, and they're probably they're probably the favorites. Out of all the teams in football, the Dolphins are probably the favorites to have the best draft, just based off the fact that they have the most picks. They have what did they have? Fourteen picks. They have. I think they have like fourteen picks. And a lot of these guys that they draft, first, especially in the first and second round and third, a lot of these guys are going to play. A lot of these young guys that the Dolphins pick are going to play. So. I think the Dolphins really do have a, a, a legitimate shot at, at, at winning draft day tomorrow. And I've been talking very highly of the Dolphins because I like what they have done all throughout free agency. Their free agency moves reminds me a lot of what the Patriots uh, do in free agency. They went out, rebuilt. They had a lot. Miami had a ton of money to spend. Brian Flores is a defensive guy. Came from New England. He came from New England. So it's not surprising that he's taking some of what New England did and had success with and installing it in Miami. And so far, I like the moves. I can't complain about the moves he has made. I really like their secondary. That, that secondary is probably the strongest part of their roster. Oh, boy, just, just imagine if they would have kept Minka Fitzpatrick in, the, in, in that secondary. That's that that was one of the best secondaries in football. But they still have Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. So I like their two good DBs that they have. Byron Jones is probably the better one out of the two. Uh they they came back, rebuilt that linebacking core, added Van Noy. And now you look at what the Dolphins really need. The Dolphins, uh, they're gonna the, the, you know, they like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a guy that can start for a year, but Obviously, you don't want you don't want Ryan Fitzpatrick to be uh, a, 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 your starter for multiple years. Obviously, you do not want that. So they're going to draft the, they're going to draft the quarterback, whether it be Herbert or Tua. We don't know. Uh, if I'm Miami, I say you draft Tua. And I'm going to tell you why just in a second. Also, uh, O line. They're going they're looking to rebuild their O line. So so the Dolphins need a quarterback. And they're looking to rebuild their O-line. And they can use some help in the front seven. They can use a little bit of help in the front seven. But mainly priority, they're gonna this draft, a lot of these picks are gonna go to offense. Because Miami and Brian Flores, I see their plan. 
The Miami and Brian Forest has spent and invested and invested a lot of money into defense this past free agency. They, they, they've done that. They've done that. So uh, a vast majority of these picks are going to be offense. They're going to be offense. Now, here's why I think they, they should take Tua. Miami, like I, I mean, my, like the Dolphins, like I said, 14 draft picks. They have a lot of picks to play with. They have a lot of picks to play with. They have, a, they have, they have some room for error. They have room for error. If, if Tua, and I think Tua's going to work out. And I think Tua, like I said, I think Tua, if you, if you can say, hey, Tua, you know, the hip is not going to be a problem. Tua is the best quarterback in this draft. I think Tua is the best quarterback in this draft. And, I, and I've been saying that. I've been, I've been saying that for a minute now. I've been saying Tua is the best quarterback in this draft. Like Joe Burrow, I think he's a, I think he's a pretty good prospect, but I don't think he's better than Tua. I like Justin Herbert. I think he's. I think. I think him playing at Oregon, uh, it, it set him back a little bit because of the offensive scheme and the offensive philosophy there at Oregon. But I don't think he's. I don't think he's more. I don't think he's a better talent than Tua. So also, we compare. So I know Tua had the hip injury. It's a red flag. It's really concerning. I understand it. But and they and people often in the media has often compared it to Bo Jackson's hip injury. Uh, we live in 2020. Uh, I, you, once upon a time. I remember when you when you suffered ACL injuries, ACL tears, when you suffered that type of injury, that means your career was probably over. You probably you probably you definitely would would not come back the same player. Now, a few years you know, as years progress, now the the the, the recovery of a torn ACL 14, 14 to 16 months. Now you even speed it up. Nowadays, a torn ACL, players come back in six months. They players come back in six to seven months, and some get even better after the injury. So technology, the med- the med- the medicine game, the medical game has drastically improved since Bo Jackson had his hip problems. So I think Tua will be fine. But like I said, I, I I even gave you guys the hypothetical. I said, okay, what if Tua, you know, just can't stay healthy and he plays, he plays thirteen games a year? Well, I think Tua is talented enough. I think he's good enough where he can win eight of those nine, thirteen games that he played. And you're gonna sit up here and tell me that's not worth it? That is that that's worth it. You have a quarterback that plays 13 games and he wins nine of those. That's worth it. That's worth it. The longevity of it, uh, it, I, I question it, but it's like you have, it's like you have, like, say you, 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 you this guy, you put your kids to college, you still got money saved, you pay your house off, you pay your mortgage off, you still, you, you, you pay your mortgages off, you go out and buy another house, you pay your mortgages off. You put your kids through college, and you still got money to blow. And you're like, okay, I'm going to put my money 
into this business plan. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna invest my money into this business plan. You have room to spare. You can. You can. You can afford a mistake. And that's the same thing with Miami. Miami can afford a mistake. Okay, if Tua does not work out, if Tua just can't stay on the field, and he just not, you know, his if he can't, if he if it, if the injuries overweight or outweigh the production on the field, okay, you move off him. But Miami has such they have they, they have such leadway and they have such room to spare where if he doesn't work out, draft another quarterback. Draft another quarterback. I said that I think I said that last week. I said that last week. I said if Tua doesn't work out, draft another quarterback. So I think the Dolphins do have a chance to, to come out as the biggest winners in the draft. Not just because they have more picks, but in the first round alone, the Dolphins can draft the best quarterback, in my opinion, in the draft, in Tua. At 18, they can still get them a pretty decent wide receiver. At 18, they can still get them a decent wide receiver. And then, at 26... This is a this is a tack. This draft is full of great. Uh, it's full of good tackles. You can draft you a tackle. So just within the first round, in the first three picks, Miami could get the best quarterback off the board in Tua. They can get a decent receiver and a receiver rich draft, and they can get a a good tackle. They can get a good offensive tackle at twenty six. I am all in with this Miami thing. I think they they have a chance to be the biggest winners tomorrow in tomorrow's draft, not just based off the fact that they have 14 picks, which is a big, you know, that's a big part of it. That's a that's that's a that have that has a huge impact of them winning the draft tomorrow or possibly winning the draft tomorrow. But they play their cards right. Miami could solve some of their offensive needs. I like their receiving core. Their receiving core is interesting. They have to draft the quarterback and build the O line. I'll be back after the I'll be back after the break. this funny I got a whole document so Michael Jordan's uh, last dance documentary uh, this past Sunday parts one and two had about 6.1 million viewers Uh, that was that 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 eclipse that surpassed um, a lot of NBA, I mean, I mean, most of the NBA regular season games this year so far, um, it, 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 that, that's more ratings, that's more viewers 
then that's more viewers than some NBA Finals games uh, have gotten. So that shows um, the immense uh, brand that Jordan is. That shows it. The immense brand that Jordan has. And Jordan, he has developed such a strong fan base. Uh, we, 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 his fan base, and it's no, this is no shot at them, um, but his fan base tend to grow a little bit of amnesia. They tend to get a little bit of amnesia. You know, they say, oh, they act like, we, they just totally act like, the they just totally act like the the Washington days does not exist. When Jordan went to Washington, came back, still in his thirties, and you know pushing, trying to average to get twenty. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But his fan base have grown so much, they have stuck by him so hard that you know they just develop amnesia. They don't even talk about the Washington Wizards days. I wouldn't want to talk about it either. I wouldn't want to talk about it either. Don't even talk about the Washington Wizards days, though. His fan base has grown. His fan base has stood behind him so strong. Uh, because, you know, they act like, oh, Jordan, he retired to go play baseball for a year and a half. You know? They say, oh, no, it was a year and a half. He came back. He came back. Yeah. And he, and he lost. He lost, to the, he, he lost to the Magic in the playoffs. He lost. But he came back and won three more titles right after that. So, <clears throat> and this is why I think MJ's brand, the Jordan brand itself, is still present. It's still present to this day. It, the, the, the amount of views that, uh, that Doc got on Sunday, not to mention the people that recorded it, not to mention the people that did not catch it and have watched it this week. Not including those people. But I know they're out there. The Jordan brand is still present. And it's probably, pro not probably, the Jordan brand is the biggest brand in American sports. It's the, big, it's the, it's the biggest individual brand in sports. As far as an athlete, name an athlete that has a bigger brain than Michael Jordan. I wait. I wait. Nobody has a bigger brain than Michael Jordan. I told you guys in, in sports, in today, today with social media, it doesn't matter. Not even LeBron. Not even LeBron. And this, this matters. Because guys like this, can't be replaced. Steve Jobs couldn't be replaced at Apple. Apple fired him. Apple saw quickly that Steve Jobs couldn't be replaced. They hired they hired, they, they, they they hired Steve Jobs again. Jordan is still by far the biggest brand. And some people have asked me, "Hey, why don't you talk about boxing?" Why don't you talk about boxing more? Well, you guys, when I do talk about boxing, you know, it doesn't gravitate. You know, you, t you guys tend don't you got you guys tend not to gravitate to it. So I don't talk. You know, that's one reason. But the main reason why I don't talk much boxing on here on this platform is because boxing. I would we we would have to admit 
the American public, you know, the American fans of boxing, they talk about the heavyweight class the most. They talk about the heavyweight class the most, right? The heavyweight class, it tends to draw a lot of attention when you have the right fighters and when you have the right boxers in that weight class. The heavyweight class, the heavyweight, the heavyweights tend to draw more attention. Well, boxing hasn't replaced their most glamorous, their best looking, their most skillful, their most socially impactful, their most stylistic boxer yet, Muhammad Ali. Ali was the best looking. Ali was the most socially impactful, not to mention his skills in the ring, not to mention what he did outside the ring, not to mention his style. Style points matter. Style, style points matter. Trust me, it matters. And boxing has yet to, or the heavyweight class, the heavyweight division, has yet to have anybody with those combinations, with all of that combined together. That helps. That helps. Gotta have a star. Gotta have a, you gotta have a star that drives these, these things. I also saw in the doc that I did not point out on the previous podcast, on the previous episode, I also saw the relationship between David Stern and Michael Jordan. David Stern realized very quickly Michael Jordan is the moneymaker in the NBA. He realized that quick, fast, in a hurry. David Stern didn't realize that in the 90s. David Stern realized that after Jordan's rookie year. He realized that after Jordan's rookie year, he was going to be the moneymaker. Yeah, Magic and Bird was winning championships, but you could tell, and even Magic and Bird had to admit, Jordan was by far the most talented, the most athletically gifted, and just by far just the best player in basketball by his second year. By his second, third year, going into 86, 87, he was athletically different. He had a different makeup mentally. He was just by far the best basketball player. He's got to put the right pieces around him now. That's all Chicago did. They put the right pieces around him. They put the right pieces around him as they as 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 they were approaching the nineties. They put the right pieces around him. Give him Scotty. Give him Phil. They put the right pieces around him. They put the right pieces surrounding him. But Jordan Brand. Jordan Brand is so big. Jordan Brand is now at some of the biggest college football programs. Some of the biggest college football programs are sponsored by Jordan. Bro. No, 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 no. You don't, you, like, you're not understanding me. Jordan played basketball. <laughs> Jordan's known as, universally known as the greatest basketball player. What? 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 Why are schools like Michigan? Why are schools like, why are schools... Why schools like Michigan, Oklahoma, Florida, why, why, why do those schools have Jordan, Jordan sponsors, Jordan deals? This is by far the biggest brand 
by an individual athlete in sports. I'm here to take your argument. Jordan still, with him not playing, and him, with him being 20-plus years removed from the NBA, because we, you know, we stop at 98. <laughs> we stop at 98. With him being 22 years removed from the league, his, his sneakers still sells more than all of the current stars. Even LeBron. Even LeBron. LeBron, is the, LeBron has been dominating the league for a very long time. The, the LeBron has been dominating the league longer than some of you guys that's been living. And Jordan brand, Jordan sneakers still outsell his on a yearly basis to this day. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. It is crazy. But now, uh, Jordan, you know, that, that, that this doc is going to be really good. Uh, I can't wait to see parts three and four. But the impact that Jordan still has, it is immense. And it's crazy. And, you know, I, I think LeBron can some, you know, when, you, and when people probably ask the question, well, LeBron can get to this point. He, LeBron can get to that point too. Yeah, he can. He can. He can very much. Well, he can. He can. He certainly can. But um, this is by far the biggest brand by an athlete ever. I don't even think it's. And I don't even think it's close. Like what's what's second? What by an individual athlete? What comes second as far as brands? Is it LeBron? Is it Brady? Tiger Woods? I don't know. And you got to be careful when you say, oh, you know, we just, we need a new face of the franchise. We'll just replace, we'll be replaced. Because sometimes certain guys are just, you just can't replace. <laughs> just can't replace. <laughs> just can't replace. And that's why I don't talk boxing. That's why I don't talk baseball. Baseball doesn't market their stars enough. And boxing, they haven't had another guy with the combination of looks, skills, social, social impact, and style. They just haven't. And I told you guys, going into that Michael Jordan doc, I said, you're going to see that Jordan was not only the best player on the floor, for a very long time. He was not just the best player, but he had the best sneakers. He had the best commercials. He had the best... He was the best dress. I'm just saying. I just I told you guys, going into that dock, that you were going to see the whole totality of Michael Jordan. And uh, with those latest ratings... Of, last, of of this past Sunday's debut of The Last Dance, the first two episodes. Immense. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, we're going to talk about this Draymond and Kevin Durant situation, this drama. I'm going to give you guys the video clip really quickly. What's Kevin come out and say, hey, man, like, this it. 
like this is it. Like so, let's let's do this or yep. this isn't it. You know what I'm saying? But you can't just leave an elephant in a room. Yep. And and because what happened was the question came to us every day. Like the, the every time we spoke to the media. Clay and myself was asked about our contract. Every, and it was strictly due to Kevin, you know, because while that was going on, you kind of had Kevin like, I don't know what I'm going to do next year. like, And it don't matter, but it does matter because you're not the only person that has to answer that question. And to be quite frank with you, you're honestly the last person that has to answer the question because you don't really say Like, you don't say much to the media. If anything, you tell them to shut the up. Well, I don't tell them to shut the f*** up. I kind of ha- have a conversation. And so I'm stuck answering that question all the time. And due to that, there was always an elephant in the room amongst us, as opposed to with them. They didn't have that elephant. Okay. <laughs> hey, this this book um, with Ethan Strauss. Uh, Victory Machine, I believe that's what it's called. Yes, Victory Victory Machine by Ethan Strauss is gonna. I guess it's gonna document the build and uh, falling of the Warriors dynasty. Right there, you heard Draymond's comments. Draymond has a lot to say usually. Uh, I, and first off, before I even say anything, I think people. I think this the casual fan. The regular fan that watches the NBA, I think they really take for granted of what what you know what Draymond Green does and bring to that Golden State Warriors team. Uh, I know you know numbers wise he don't put up the I know he don't put up the gaudy stats that we love to fall on that we drool over. Of. I know we, I know he doesn't put up those numbers, of course, but you don't need him to when you have you know Steph and Clay and you had Durant. You didn't. You don't need him to score twenty points. You don't need him to score fifteen points. But I think what he brings, as far as the heart and the soul, the 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 toughness, uh, the defense, his facilitating. I think that 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 gets underrated a lot just by the casual fan. Uh, so before I even you know speak even further on this, uh, that's you know that's what I think on that. But with Durant. <clears throat> Durant, this is not surprising, and I, I and I and I agree with with Draymond Green. Uh, I agree with his statement. This is Durant should have been much better, and uh, he should have came. He should he should have been much forward uh, with these guys because at the end of the day, you joined these guys, and this is what I mean with Kevin Durant. I'm all for the mobility. I'm all for being mobile. I'm all for player movement. I'm all for player movement, player mobility, whatever you want to call it. I'm all for it. I, I, I think it's completely false when people say, oh, I don't like this. I don't like super teams. I don't like when stars play with other stars. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You do. So I don't fall for that okie doke. But, like I mentioned last week, I think it was either last week or uh, the week before last. But it was on a, it was on a, it was on a, it was on a, it was it was some, it was a couple episodes ago, and I said Durant, you know, he's never had a hometown. 
due to his player mobility. That can be a con. You know, this it, it just comes with the territory of player movement. If you're going to move as much as Durant, you got to, you know, when, when, when times like this where you have to be up front about your contract situation and the media, the media addresses you about these situations of type at the issue, at the root, you got to be forthcoming. You, you, you got to be forthcoming. And like Draymond said, hey, you don't say much. I didn't, I didn't particularly, when Durant was going through his whole free agency spill and free agency debacle last year with the media uh, throughout the season, I, I, I didn't particularly like the way, I didn't like how, I didn't like how he carried um, most circumstances when answering questions. Did not like it at all. I did not think it was a good look for him. Uh, the way how he was addressing uh, the media most of the time when they were when they were calling or asking him uh, about his future and where his future may lie, I uh, I think he I think he often lacks. Um, I'm not gonna say proper judgment, but he lacks the right word, the right verbiage to use um, in certain situations when it comes to the media. I, I I just think he lacks certain verbiage. I'm not saying he's incompetent. I'm not saying he can't. I'm not saying he doesn't have uh, the necessary verbiage or the vocabulary to say and to speak and to you know express how he feels. But too often he has shown the inability not to do so. He has shown the inability not to do so, and that just echoes what Draymond said, just in a fancier way. Um, I think I think you know with this Jordan doc, and I, I'm not I'm in, by any means I'm not comparing Durant to Jordan. Please, no, no. But what I am doing is when I look at the Jordan doc, Jordan confronted a lot of issues, a lot of a lot of situations. The the situations that you saw in the first two episodes, Jordan confronted head on. He confronted those situations and those issues head on. And typically, you know, I know we live in a PC era now, a PC generation. You know, I know we live in a generation where, you know, uh, cyberbullying is real, I guess. Um, I, I just think cyberbullying is as easy as just deleting the app. Or just staying off the app. I think that's the. I think that's a. That's just one way to solve cyberbullying. Bullying, but that's neither here nor there. But we live in such a PC world where you got to be careful what you say. You can't be so blunt. You can't tell the truth all the time. Um, and Jordan and that doc, he showed you. He just told. He told you, and he showed you. I don't care about that. And typically, you know. The chicks did that. The females dig that. They don't want the PC guy. They don't want the guy that just doesn't say anything. And I think too often um, with Durant's skill set, this is why I thought, I, this is why I just, I, I just never thought he had the personality to be the face of the league. Durant is one of the faces of the league. Durant is a, a Durant, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a wonderful player and he, and he knows this. He knows he's a great player. And um, his skill set 
is it's unlimited. His, his skill set is unlimited, especially on the offensive end, and he has gotten better over the years defensively. I don't got to talk about how good Durant is because he already knows. But I think too often Durant runs away from topics. He runs away from topics. I think too often he avoids the problem. And maybe that comes from him not being so confrontational. And maybe that's a part of Draymond that some of you guys will argue that Draymond, he talks too much. He tries to tackle every point. He tackles too many points. Uh, mm, rightfully so. But I'd rather take that guy that talks too much and expresses the way how he feels all the time than to take a guy that is a bit of aloof. Because Durant's Durant's aloof. Durant, he's he's a bit of, you know, he's a little loofy. You know, he listens, but typically doesn't say much. Doesn't really confront the issue, uh, the confrontation, really not there for it. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, typically, you know, it's just me. Typically, I want the guy that, um, I would rather have the guy that expresses his mind and expresses his feelings than have the guy that hides behind multiple Twitter accounts or, or that guy that doesn't confront the issue where there's, where there's clearly and it's so evident that there's an elephant in the room to be addressed and don't address it. I, I pass on that guy. Give me the guy like Draymond that's going to talk. At least he talks. That was my thing with Kawhi a little bit. I never thought Kawhi talked enough. Well, I don't know. His teammates say he talks. His teammates say he's quite a jokester. I never see it. And I don't have to see it, but uh, it does. It does. It's a. It's a bit refreshing where I hear his teammates say he talks. With Durant, uh, I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna read this book. I'm gonna purchase this book. I think it's on sale. I, I mean, I think it's. Um, I think you can buy it now. Um, but it's a. It's a new book, and I think. I think it's for sale. But um, Durant, you know, these last few. This this last week or so. His comments hasn't made him look the best. His comments, his comments has not made him look the best. His comments about Clay, I mean, his comments about Clay, um, his comments about Steph, we addressed that. And then now with Durant, I mean, with Draymond uh, basically opening up and saying how, uh, you know, Durant wasn't, you know, wasn't vocal enough in expressing what he was going to do next. That's what I got from it. Uh, I I agree with Draymond wholeheartedly. Um, and I remember me typically, just me personally, not saying Durant's a bad guy, not saying Durant is not, you know, is not a talented ball player because we all know he is. And like I said, I should not have to say that to cover my tracks, but hey, um, I, 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 me typically, personally, I want a guy like Draymond. I'd rather take a, I'd rather, I don't want a guy, I, I'm not going to say I want a guy like Draymond, but I'd rather take a guy like Draymond who expresses how he feels when he feels it 
and how he feels it. And, you know, it can be a little too blunt when it comes out. But um, I'd rather take that guy than the guy that don't talk and hide behind Twitter accounts. That's all I'm saying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's all I'm saying. Uh, after this quick break, we'll be back with uh, more draft talk. More draft talk as soon as I get back after the quick break. So, hey, by the, by the way, I saw this stat. I saw this uh, this fact point out on another sports show. <clears throat> so this, I saw this fact point out on another sports show earlier. But get this. <clears throat> Michael Jordan. Well, this the athletes today. With LeBron, Steph Curry, KD, Kyrie, Damian Leonard, Kobe Bryant, and a James Harden sold 128 million sneakers this past year, 2019. Well, Jordan had 130 million sneakers sold. So Jordan out still outsells all of those NBA superstars in sneakers, it shows you the star power. But let's get into Rob Gronkowski and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New England Patriots. So Rob Gronkowski retires. Uh, Belichick wanted to trade Gronkowski, what, 2017? Wanted to trade him 2018, 2017? So Rob, had to Rob Gronkowski had to basically like say, hey, I'm retiring. If you guys trade me, I'm retiring. So they didn't trade him. He retires. Uh, the the year after, you know, I mean, the, you know, after they win the, their sixth Super Bowl, he retires. Gronkowski retires. Gronko Gronkowski still, even though he didn't have his best statistical year in 2018, he still came up big in some of the in in in, in the biggest moments. He came up big in that Kansas City AFC title game with some big time catches down the stretch. And then in the Super Bowl that they won, uh, Gronkowski came up with the only big play offensively from both teams in that Super Bowl between the Rams and the Patriots with that uh, with that big time catch to put the Patriots in goal, you know, near in, near the goal line, you know, near you know two yards a yard away from 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 scoring. So Gronkowski still has the ability um, to to be productive and come up with some big spots. So I'm not worried about the ability of him and uh, and, and where that stands in Tampa Bay. I will have more on Tampa Bay once we once I finish this point um, that I'm making uh, with 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 Gronkowski and the Patriots. Gronkowski was tired of Belichick. I think I, I th and this is this is what I'm hearing. This is what I heard. I, I'm hearing this on every sports show. Gronk was sports shows. I'm hearing this on other sports shows. Gronk was tired of Belichick. And 
both two, so this is two superstars, uh, two great players, two probably two of the greatest players in New England history, with Gronkowski and Tom Brady being sick and tired of the of of, of the culture of the Patriots, basically the culture of Belichick that Belichick has installed in the Patriots. The culture of Belichick, they're sick and tired of. It. I think it's a Belichick was forced upon to make this type of move to make a trade. Uh, in, in, in the news, in the news, and the rumors just swirled around so quickly yesterday um, when this deal was made. Uh, I saw the first report: Gronkowski's interested in returning. I said, okay. And then I saw the second report: that says Gronkowski is interested is interested in returning to football to play with Tom Brady. Okay. And then it says, okay, Tom Brady, you know, Gronkowski wants a trade from New England. And then five minutes later, Gronkowski was traded to, to Tampa Bay for a, what, for a what, fourth round pick. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay got Gronkowski in the seventh rounder, and New England took the fourth rounder. Okay. So that deal happened. That, they made that happen. But uh, as far as Gronkowski production, uh, Bruce Arians' offensive system, his system, Typically doesn't feature the tight end. Uh, they have a lot of great. They have a lot of great playmakers. Um, on, 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 you know, a, a, a lot of great pass catchers on Tampa Bay's roster. Uh, they they in Tampa Bay don't need Gronk to 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 play sixteen games and to have ninety catches with eleven touchdowns. They don't they don't need him to do that. They don't need him to do that. If he can just be a security blanket, third down blanket for Brady that he that he's always been, that underneath guy for Brady that he's always been, uh, he'll be fine. I think he's still, I think he's in, he's in, he's still in football shape, uh, so he'll be fine. I I wonder how um that WWE thing works, that WWE twenty four seven thing works out because he's WWE twenty four seven champion. I don't know if like he has to. I don't know if, if he has to give up the bell. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with Gronkowski. But but Gronkowski, uh, I, I, I'm glad that he's making his return uh, back to football. Uh, I, I'm glad. I thought uh, I, I just couldn't. Just at him being so. I mean, he's about 31. Gronkowski's early 30s. Fan to be in his early 30s, yes, I know he suffered a lot of injuries, but I just thought uh, he would be playing much longer, and he came back for, you know, at least a year with Brady or two uh, with Brady and Tampa Bay. I like the I like the pickup by Tampa Bay, um, and it makes them even much harder to defend. It makes them much harder to defend. Now, as, yeah, okay, so we're going to, like I said, now we're going to talk about O.J. Howard and his status, and what his future may possibly look like in Tampa Bay, if there is one. Uh, now, the NFL virtual draft. I'm going to talk, I'm talk, I'm talk a little bit about, short about this. NFL virtual draft is going to work. Uh, the, the GMs, the executives of these teams have done uh, test runs. They've done practice runs uh, to prepare for tomorrow's, for tomorrow's night draft. I can't wait. I'm excited. Uh, a lot of big-time names going to be called... Uh, teams, I can see a lot of teams really getting like really getting some great picks, picking some great players. Uh, the fan bases are going to be excited. Uh, we, we and we still got some dominoes that need to fall. 
Um, people worried about where Tua's gonna go. Uh, you, we all know that Joe Burrow's gonna be number one pick. We're gonna see who who what's the first not wide receiver taken. I do also think that um, thirteen as at, at, at least at the at, at least at least twelve. SEC players will be drafted in the first round. I'm going to bet, I'm going to almost say half of the first round will be, half of the players that's drafted in the first round will be SEC players. Um, you know, Alabama had a great year with their, with, 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 with their receiver and core, with their receiving core. Um, um, LSU, they had a great year with their receiving core. They had, they got, they had nothing but talent at that position. Uh, you got, you got a couple quarterbacks coming out. You got a couple offensive, good offensive linemen in SEC, and some great defensive players in SEC. So I could at least, at least twelve players are, you know, at least twelve players in the first round are SEC players will be drafted in the first round. 12 players from the SEC, at least, at least 12 players that played in the SEC this past year will be drafted in the first round. I'm willing to book it. I, I'm willing to book it because they have a lot of, they have, they have talent everywhere. Talent online, talent in the quarterbacks, talent in the receiving core, uh, and then their defense. It's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of SEC guys getting drafted. I'm going to keep track of that. But um, the virtual draft, like I said, like I said before, I got sidetracked uh, with my fact and my stat that I think is going to happen. Um, <clears throat> uh, the NFL, the GMs, the executives, like I said, they're going to do a test run. Uh, the 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 second tier, the bottom tier uh, GMs will find a way to make an excuse on to why they made a certain de- decision or did not make a certain decision when this is all said and done. So if you are a fan base of one of those teams that 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 that, that historically does a bad job at making you know judgment calls and decisions decisions of such, um, good luck and prepare to brace yourself. Um, yeah, I, I you know I, I heard John, I heard John Elway speak um, on the virtual on the virtual draft. John Elway is a smart guy. John Elway is, is a uh, he's a good executive for the Broncos. Uh, he would be smart guy, smart guy, Stanford guy, uh, former you know all time great quarterback. We all know that. Um, so he figured it out. You know the the, the top tier GMs are going to figure it out. Top tier the top ten the top tier GMs in the league, the smart GMs in the league will figure it out. Executives League will figure it out. Uh, now those ones, oh, I, I, I pray for uh, the Lions and those other out. Oh boy, I, I pray for those, those, those teams. I pray for those fan bases because, boy, oh boy, just, 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 just cross your fingers that your GM don't make a foolish mistake and then try to blame it on the virtual draft. Which I mean, I don't know. Depending on the owner. It may be a valid excuse. It may very well be a valid excuse. Now, here go a list of players. So I have teams and players that may be on the move or there's been talks and rumors of these teams possibly trading up or down 
or these players getting moved. First, Jamal Adams. Uh, Jamal Adams, one of the best. He's one of the best safeties in football. Some someone may very well make the argument that he's probably the best safety in football. Uh, but he is now looking for a contract extension. extension. Um, and I'm hearing from uh, from, a, from people in, from the Jets, people from the Jets, people around the league. Uh, I'm hearing that uh, it's just not the right time with everything that's going on global gl- globally. Uh, especially what's going on in the country, and then you take an account, you take up, you factor in that he plays in New York, and New York is one of the cities um, that is uh, cities and states. New York City and the whole state of New York is one of those. It's it's, it's one of those states where uh, the you know the, the COVID nineteen has hit hard. Uh, so you take an account, you know Wall Street, uh, you know the economy, stocks. The stock market, yeah, you know, some people around the league are looking at looking at Jamal Adams and his agent and saying, "Could you find a better time to ask for a contract extension, or could you push for a better time to ask for a contract extension, or for a new deal or a new contract?" They just think it's um, they just think it's it, it's not the smartest thing, uh, given the circumstances at this moment. Uh, at this point in time, they just don't think it's the smartest thing. I don't either. Uh, now, I like Jamal Adams. Uh, I think whatever money that the Jets are willing to give him, I think he is well worth it, if not more. I always said he's probably he's probably the best safety in football. Uh, now, the Jets, they got to they, they gotta think. The Jets need O-line help. The Jets need a star receiver. Um... And they need DB. They need a they need a cornerback. I don't know if it's financially smart for the Jets to pay Jamal Adams. And like I said, he's a terrific talent. Like Jamal Adams, as far as a football player, uh, there's not many guys that's better than him. Like I don't think you can name ten other guys in the league that's better than Jamal Adams. At football, so I want to just preference my com- my comments by saying I'm not saying he's not worth the money. I'm not saying you should not pay him, but the Jets realistically are not in a good position to be paying a safety. They're just not. They have too many needs. I think they I think they have too many needs. Um, to be financially, uh, sh- to be financially strapped, which a deal with Jamal Adams, a, a long-term deal with Jamal Adams would do. I think it's best if you trade him while you can. He's he, he has a lot of value around the league. You you can definitely for Jamal Adams for a young emerging safety who is probably the best safety in football at this moment. Uh, you could probably get a couple first rounders. <clears throat> I'm not gonna lie to you. You could probably get a couple first rounders. And <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. And I talked about this uh, not too long ago when I said, "Hey, I'm surprised Jerry did not pull the trigger on Jamal Adams when he had the chance to, because Jamal Adams wanted tra- he was on the trading block this off season. I mean, during the season." During the regular season, he was on the trading block. He was on the block. 
And the Cowboys said, nah, we're good. We gave up two number ones for Amari Cooper. We're good. We're not gonna give up another we're not gonna give up another first round pick for another, you know, great player. Okay. Usually Jerry strikes on those type of deals. I don't know what's going on. Has Jerry lost his touch with his deals? I don't know. With his no with his negotiation? I don't know. I don't know. Just don't know. But what I do know is I just don't think it is smart for the Jets, for what state they are in right now. Um, I know some people, I know some people are not as high on Sam Darnold as I am. I, 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 I tend to, I, I'm going to, I don't have, I, I don't have enough body of work to fully outright judge Sam Darnold. Uh, cause I think his coach, his coach is a pothead. Let's, let's just be honest. His po his coach, his coach is a pothead. I, and I don't, and I hate to keep bringing it up. But it, it, every time I just see Adam Gase, every time I saw him this year, he just looked lost. Every time I heard Adam Gase speak this year, he just looked like he just got done snoring another line. That's just what that's just that's just me. Sam Donald appears he he just appears to come off a little bit smarter than Adam Gase, uh, a little bit more mature. Let I me mean, not say smarter, but a little bit more mature. He comes off a little bit more mature than Adam Gates. I swear, since Adam Gates had that situ- that cocaine situation in-, in-, in Miami, I have just not gotten over the fact that the dude snorts lines. I just haven't. I haven't gotten over the fact that he snorts lines, <laughs> and it, it just it, it, that 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 just lingers in my mind. And I you know I hate to play the race card, but if a black coach was caught doing coke. Uh, I highly doubt that he get another job opportunity, especially another head coaching opportunity. Adam Gates was blessed enough to get one. Uh, bless him, but um, he just you know his quarterback, his young quarterback, just seems to come off a little bit more mature than him while answering questions. Just seems much more mature. But like I said, back to the back to the real premise. Uh, Sam Darnold just don't see enough body of work to just fall out outright judging. Just don't see enough body of work. That's just me. Don't do. I do not see a lot of body of work where I can judge him uh, accordingly. Another guy that may be on the move. Well, Cleveland has played it down. I talked about this all last week with Odell Beckham. I think, oh, I told you, Odell is a rock star. Odell is iconic. Odell does not want to end his career in Cleveland. And he's been, a, he's been a great sport. Odell's been a great sport. And to be honest, Cleveland don't really need him. Cleveland has two good, two good tight ends. They have Jarvis Landry. They have two good running backs. Not No telling who they might draft. Um, in, in the in, you know in the later rounds, I just think Cleveland they should just move off of Odell. You tried the Odell the, the Odell thing. Baker and Odell just don't match. I just have the feeling that uh, the Browns won't trade Odell. They won't trade Odell. Um, I also heard okay OJ Howard. Let's get to OJ Howard. OJ Howard wasn't really productive last year. Uh. You can point to his production not being really not not being the best last year, 
But Bruce Arians really didn't use him. Cameron Bright, Cameron Bright had more targets than OJ Howard. Uh, you know, and then with a with a young, expensive player, uh, you know, you got depth at that position. Uh, you can move off OJ Howard. You got Gronk. You got Cameron Bright. So you can move off OJ Howard. You can move off of him, and you can get a, You can get. You can. You probably get. You're not gonna get a first rounder for him. Um, but you can get. You can possibly get a second rounder or a third rounder for OJ Howard. I think that. I think that's completely possible. I don't. You can't. You don't. You don't. You don't have to rule that out of the book. But um, I just don't think the system. I mean, the system. Bruce Arians' system is not real. It's not tight end friendly. So I think they should move off OJ Howard. Quick, fast, and hurry. And that's no disrespect to him. But he's I, he's talented. He's raw. But he's not in the right system. And that's why his production looks the way it looks. Because he, um, you know, the, 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 it's not a tight end friendly. It's not a tight end friendly system. Uh, the Redskins. So the Redskins have been in some talks. I've heard rumors. I've had new. I've heard news. I've seen news that the Redskins have been in talks, trade talks with concerning. The number two picks. Um, I saw a report not too long ago that the Falcons uh, they're gonna look to be really aggressive and try their best to land Chase Young at number two. Um, I don't. I just don't think the Skins. I, I just don't think the Skins. Uh, they, I don't think they trade this pick. Uh, you 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 got Ron Rivera, defensive minded coach. You got Jack Del Rio, good defensive mind. Yeah, one can make the argument that they don't need Chase Young on that front seven. But if you, boy, oh boy, Chase Young is one of those, he's one of those pass rushers. He's one of those edge rushers that you get every five to seven years. He's one of those Khalil Mack, Von Miller type talents. I'm sorry. He's going he's gonna to be that productive year one. He's going to be productive very early. Um, he prob- he's probably the safest pick to say that he's going to be an all-pro. I just don't see how the Redskins, you know, trade this. I mean, unless the deal is, like, amazing. The deal will have to be amazing, I would think, for the Reds, for the Skins to um, trade out of the two-pick, basically trading Chase Young because they, they're going to draft Chase Young. So I, I just think, I, I just think they, they keep with their pick. Um, lastly... I have the Lions. So I talked about the little I talked about this a little bit with the Lions and uh the Dolphins want the, the Lions and Dolphins wanting to the Dolphins wanting the, the, the Lions third pick, but they don't want to give up the fifth pick to get the third pick. I think the Lions ultimately do trade. I think they will trade this third pick tomorrow. Uh because the Lions need a, they, the Lions need a lot of help. They need a lot of help. Um, and one DB, Jeff Okuda, I, I think he's, he's a really talented player, but I don't think he's going to say, he's not going to save Detroit in the NFC North. He's just not they're, they're, he's, he, he is not. So I think they do eventually do trade this pick tomorrow, whether it be with the chargers or dolphins, uh, to see who gets what quarterback. But, um, I, I just don't I, I just don't see a move happening in the near future with uh with with this with uh with the you know with the Lions. I think I, I see a trade. I, I just can't see them drafting Jeff Okuda. I'm sorry. 
Jeff Okuda, nice player. I think he'd be a good DB, but he's not going to save your franchise. He's not changing your franchise. So um, those are my possible trade moves that that's going to possibly happen. Uh, I think some, most of these going to happen. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to be right about most of these. Sorry. But um, I, I, I cannot wait for the draft tomorrow. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, take what you need. Take what you get. Take what you can get from this episode so you can use it tomorrow in the draft. Uh, look out for those players. Look out for, look out for those things that I said is going to happen. Like um, I think there's going to be at least 12, 12 SEC players that are drafted in the first round. At least 12. I'm telling you, at least 12. Mark my words. But without further ado, I uh, hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Enjoy the draft. Uh, stay home. Practice social distancing and all those key terms and all those terms we have learned. Continue to you know practice those and you know keep this. Let's let's flatten the, let's flatten the number of those of those cases. Um, I cannot wait to see the draft. I cannot wait. I've been I've been ready. I've been so ready for this, y'all. I uh, hope you guys are doing fine. But um, without further ado, I thank you guys for listening to this episode, listening to this podcast from from whatever platform. Whatever streaming service, uh, DSP, you, you, whatever you do it from, thank you. Continue to do so. And always remember, two choices, one decision. I'm out. Peace. Deuces.